Hey, Calvary family, this is Pastor Michael Grove here on the Bible Reading app. And today is October the 14th, and we are reading through the Bible in a year, starting a brand new book of the Bible today as we start the book of Ephesians. This is a letter from Paul to the church of Ephesus. So follow along if you can. Otherwise, let me read this over you, and in the end, I'll give you a few thoughts before we end our time together. So here we go. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Ephesians chapter 2 As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, 
gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcised, which is done in the body by human hands, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him... You two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. This concludes the reading for today. Let me give you a couple of quick thoughts before we end our time together. First, I have to jump into one of my favorite verses in the Bible, which is Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's handiwork. Now, if you look this up in the New Living Translation, I believe, it says you are God's workmanship. And as an artist, I love that word. Workmanship means that somebody had to take it in their hands and work it. And it says a level of excellence. It says a level of intentionality behind it. You must remember that God intentionally made you. He has a specific purpose for you. And he put his time and energy and breath into you. Look, I don't know how you feel about yourself. I don't know if you've gone through something that makes you feel like you don't matter or that you're less, but you need to know today that God looks at you not as a person or as somebody who is supposed to get a job done or can do something, but he looks at you as his handiwork. An artist, when they see their handiwork, they admire it. They want other people to see it and respect it. God looks at you 
and you are so valuable to him. And then he wants other people to see that same value. So remember today, you are God's handiwork. He looks at you with such pride and joy. And then he says, you are his. But then Paul continues. He said, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, this is a very theological statement here. First of all, we know by the book of John that we were created through Jesus because it was through Jesus that all things were made. Without him, nothing that is made was made. So we were made in Jesus. However, when Paul is saying this, he's talking about a rebirth through Christ Jesus. That's why actually the NLT says we are created anew in Christ Jesus. It's that sentiment and understanding that Jesus took the pieces of who we are that had been broken from the original handiwork, and then he remade them into something beautiful. This is where we get the understanding that God is making all things new, that his heart is about reconciliation for the people of this world. In fact, God's heart is reconciliation for all things. Now, this is a very timely message for us, because as we look around the world, we're seeing a rapid decay of humanity. We're seeing destruction in war, terrorism, civil war. There are so many evil things happening right now, and God is in the process of restoring all things. And anything that is open to being restored, God will restore. Not only that, Paul knows exactly what that restoration looks like. It's God's people working together. It's abandoning these concepts of war and disunity and all things being made one again, which gets to the next part of this verse. So we were created anew or in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works. What is that work? It's reconciling all people back to God through Jesus Christ. It's the process of bringing this name Jesus to all nations that they would know there's a God that desperately loves them. And this is why Paul concludes that verse by saying, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Jesus did the initial work, and now it is our job to carry that name for all people. God prepared that this would be the plan. He sent Jesus to do the work of restoration And then Jesus commissioned his people, his followers, the church, to go and share that news with all people of all nations, because God is longing for unity between all people. Why? Because of the result that we get to in the end of chapter 2, verse 22. He says, and in him, you two are being built together. Why are we being built together? Keep reading to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. As we unify and become one in the Lord, the Spirit of God dwells among us. He actually lives in us as his people. This is why we must long for unity. We must find a way that all people will become one. My prayer is that God's church, the people that call him their Lord, would be full of people from every nation coming together and representing who the Lord is. That the church would become so unified that the world looks to it in awe. So wherever you're at, wherever you serve the Lord, 
wherever you worship him today. May God bring nations to you that would be able to be in harmony together as you worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, that all nations under heaven and on earth would be one in the name of the Lord. That's all the time we have left for today. I love you and God bless. Oh, 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 oh,